Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Artistic State of Mind. It's your girl. Well, I never say that. You forgot your name. No, I never say what it's your girl. A start to the episode. No, it's guys. It's, Juliana doesn't know who she is. No, I do know who I am. Are you sure? Yes. I okay. Was, I was just kind of like bamboozled. moving like school teacher. I was bamboozled about the fact that I said it's your girl. Was he I doing a cover lesson that. and the, 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 the people's bear cussed you out? Look, do you know what? Yeah, they listen I, to you. I work in a professional environment. Yes. But you wear jeans more time, but this yeah, time... Yeah, I think today... Well, you haven't seen me in quite a while. Well, the last time you saw me is because I was sick and I was coming home. That was true, home. you was in pyjamas. Yeah, exactly. but every, every other time I've seen you, I swear you've been wearing jeans. Yeah, jeans, dress. I've seen you in, in a skirt one time. Exactly. See? That's, that's it's, not how it's you move. Very, it's very casual. Depends, really. I think, yeah, the dress I'm wearing today is very kind of like school teacher vibe. But yeah. I, yeah, welcome back, guys. Another episode in that. Yeah, I'm Chama K and yeah, you are. Yeah, I was going to say, are you going to introduce yourself? I am, because I know who I am. <laughs> I know who I Chama. am. It's Jules. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, no. I just, I just realised I don't intro myself with It's Your Girl. It just sounds really weird. It sounds very high school It's your boy. Yeah, see, it sounds very American high schooly. So, yeah, not about to do that. Anyway, how has your week been? Me? Do you know what? It's been all right. It's been an all right. Well, I, I always say it's been an all right week. It's been a week of trying to find balance, even up to today. Just trying to find balance mm. between nine to five work, stuff I do outside work, here, other projects. Um, yeah, trying to, trying to find a space for me to be well and actually take time for me. I, I was off that. work today. I had a little nap. A nap. Oh. What you had a nap so, today? It was so luxurious. Oh my god, what a luxury! I know. Oh, On a weekday, it felt amazing. It oh, felt lucky for some, eh? Unbelievable. But yeah, no, that's that's what I've been trying to do. Like try to actually get seriously, like speaking into a, a good space where I'm still striving to achieve my goals and do the things I want to do. Good. But also uh, looking after myself and not listening too much to that voice that says, "Do stuff, do stuff, do stuff, do stuff, do stuff, yeah. do stuff." Was well, uh, quite loud. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. I hear that. I had two two days off, and and the first thing I did on my first day off was write a to do list, which was like ten items long. Oh my god, mean? no, you don't do that on your day off. And then I got vexed at right. myself that I didn't like tick off at tick least off, half of uh, it. See, I think you were still in work mode. I'm in some kind of mode. Yeah. But I'm Sometimes to... give the body a rest and the oh, mind as well. True. It's true. I just always think that the thing that I haven't done is going to come on like bite me in the bum one way or another. But sometimes it does. Sometimes you just got to say, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, yeah, it's not going to kill me. I won't die. Got to take it easy. Yeah, yeah, it's true. How's your week been, Jules? Yeah, not too bad. Another week, another dollar. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. This week, like like yourself, is finding balance. I'm just finding myself doing a lot of things um, and deadlines slowly creeping up i find uh, this week i got the well yeah this week i got the rough cut of the film oh yeah and i feel blah i think i think to be honest with you the editor says just an fyi just before we met we obviously we met and said obviously when she once you get the rough cut you're gonna feel like your film is absolutely shit Mm. and you go through all those different emotions and remember it's just a rough cut um, so it's about, you know, finding out what you like and taking pieces out. And then eventually, you know, the film will come together because it's very pretty much there's no soundtrack. There's nothing. Mm. It's just 
There's no colouring done to it So I was just like Oh my god Did I write this? Did I direct this? This feels shit So when they say rough cut they mean it's, rough, it's a real It's a real rough. rough cut At some point You hear me go cut I'm just like <laughs> Oh dear um, But no I, I'm planning to use this week To go through it um, take, Make notes And kind of go Bounce back and forth Of the editor um, to make sure we get like the perfect finished product as well. So I'm, I, I just, I'm just going through the emotions of it, feeling like, am I really that? Am I a good filmmaker? Am I even somewhat on the scale of like thirty percent good? Um, but no, yeah, it's what it is. And then on top of that, I decided that I'm going to move this weekend. So oh, is it? Yeah, no. So okay. I found, I found somewhere. Closer, found closer to London. Yeah, closer. So to where are you going to be? I am going to be in South London. Oh, bloco, bloco. I'm going to be a South London girl, guys. Where, where, where in South London? Um, I'm not going to give my location. Oh, yeah. You're, you, you're, you're staying. I'm staying in South London. Okay. So close. South of the river. Yeah, South of the river. Close to, yeah, South of the river. Let's south not, of the river. Yeah. Let's that, not, let's, Jews doesn't want I people coming up to any streets. It, well, if you find me. If I'm if I'm not being not well, I'm not rude, but if I've got headphones in, <laughs> then nah, yeah, yeah don't like, creep up on me. Do you know I've never blue blue for South London in my life. I moved I moved south of the river a year ago, and I'm still east in my heart. But this is the first time I've blue blue for South London. To ever. be honest with you, most of my life I have lived in every part of London, like north. Um, east and west But never south of the river Never south of the river Well, well So I, I, I lived in like um, Notting Hill When I was a baby So I, I got to see Carnival Then I was actually born in East London So I was born in Hackney Then after Homerton Yeah Homerton yeah, <laughs> Only hospital Well No 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 Bar Whips Cross Whips Cross and Royal London is in East London Oh yeah 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 um, but Homerton, obviously, once Homerton, you say Hackney, yeah. everybody knows Homerton. Yeah, everyone knows you're born in Homerton. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, obviously, before, before I moved to Essex, I actually lived in North London. So I was in Tottenham for quite a bit. So I feel like I've lived on every single So you've part. completed the block. I'm literally completing the block. It is what it is. But apart from that, it's been a good week. I'm looking forward to the rest of the week, keeping myself busy. Now I've got a pack. I've got a pack in yeah. like three days. Yeah, moving is, I think, for me, one of the most stressful things you can do. And the thing is, I, luckily, I'm doing it with the partner, but it's just <sighs> having to think of things that I have to do. Like, I have to put stuff in storage, so I had to book storage space. Oh, you're doing all of that? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, I've had to I'm, I'm, hire I feel, a van. I feel, I feel tired for you now. I'm tired for myself and <laughs> you started packing. Yeah, oh, um, well, but yeah, yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, anyway, moving on. And then on. you drink and the power of Jesus will get you through it. Amen. Amen. Moving on. What's the downbeat? What's the downbeat? What's been happening this week? So let's start off with our favorite thing. I feel like this is the it's the wrap to like award shows. It's the end. So it's the end. So you people, won't hear us talk about it no more. ever again till yeah. next year. Or to the end of this year. Whatever. Nah, next year, next year. We can't do it again in 2019, honestly. Well, Oh, well, they do. No, I can't, personally. Okay, you I, can't. I'm done with all yeah. Um. So the first one to kick off is obviously on this side of, you know, that's, that's this, this side continent, of the um, is the Brits. Oh, gosh. I would, I'll say this. I watched a bit of the Brits, the, the, the ceremony. Yeah, it's the award show that I think I personally care the most about. And it seems 
Really? Yeah, care the least about. Oh, I, I said the most. That's what no, I said, really? The least. Care, care the least about, and it seems like the artists care the least about it. For me, honestly, the most interesting thing that I think happened was um, Jay-Z and Beyonce's uh, acceptance speech with the little um, painting of Meghan Markle cute. behind. It was cute. It was, you know, trying to make a, a statement in support of the, what's the, the Duchess of Sussex. And all the shit that she's been holding in the press for having the the arrogance, having to be honest with you, I don't really normally go into popular culture, but I don't understand what is wrong with the British kind of like tabloids and this whole racism. Ra- it's just it's just That's like come on, yeah, but still, come on, really? It's, yeah, it's such a reach. You're still doing this in 2019. You know what the sad thing is? British people then buy into it because you see as British people, certain demographics. Having a comment about oh, it's so annoying that she's holding the bumps. Like I don't think this is something that anyone. Oh, I remember there was a whole big massive. About. There was a whole big massive piece of her wearing a one shoulder, and then you've got Kate. Kate, Kate bust out the one shoulder. One as well. shoulder and, and the she BAFTA. Was elegant was like, and stylish and all of that. Oh, it's just so. Do you know? What? I said this to my boy. Honestly, I really, really meant it. I honestly just wish one day the Daily Mail would just say. We're sick of these niggas. Literally on the front page. Say so and just be straight up about it. Because all this underhanded and it's just Yeah, say it with your chest, isn't it? With your whole chest. Um, I have an issue though with the Brits. So me, I'm sitting there, yeah, watching this now, yeah. <laughs> and then I see her is out here performing with uh Dua Lupa. I think she was performing Dua Lupa. No, it's just Glynn. Just Glynn, that's it. That would matter because man was so vexed. <laughs> So I got tickets, yeah? Me and the fiance got tickets to see her on Valentine's Day. It was going to be magical. It was going to be beautiful. She cancelled. She cancelled. I remember you made a big So hold this. on a minute, Juliana, why a week after her gig in the UK, am I seeing her all up on the, on the stage at the Brits? Well. I don't get it. I really don't get it. And to be honest with you, it could have been a venue issue. Venue issue? She didn't explain nothing. That's the thing. She, did, she didn't explain nothing. If they've got a booking... Uh, at Hammersmith before a bigger booking came up yeah nah 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 <laughs> you can't do that you can't do that Look. her should have said something she never said nothing about it she just cancelled the gig or the gig was just cancelled could have been a venue the gig was just cancelled we made alternative plans it was fine yeah. in the end I got over it until I seen her up in there in her sunglasses and like this bitch. singing on uh, that's exactly how I was <laughs> and how dare you that was the Brits so my question is, mm-hmm. do you think the Brits are still relevant? No. As an award show? No. For British music? No. Oh, we're still saying no. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Let me wheel it up, yeah. Uh, I remember when Stormzy won two Brits. I think it was either last year or the year before. No, I don't remember this, he, but okay. Stormzy, Stormzy did win a couple of Brits and he was gassed, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like... Uh, this year, Rams was gassed when he got nominated for Barking. So it feels like that kind of year for, particularly for black artists, I guess there's a feeling of validation. Did any black artists win, though? I don't even care who won what. I, I, oh, actually, I think Jordan, Jordan. Georgia, I think Georgia, Georgia won. Georgia Smith, Jordan. Wow. Jordan, wow. Um, uh, there's been another Jordan in, in popular culture. Oh, we won't go into that one. No, 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 not for this show. Um, Yeah, Georgia won. But. Yeah, she won Breast British. Georgia did it, yeah, did Georgia needs to win a Brit to kind of validate her for the year that she's had? Has she had a good year? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm still trying to listen she's to that definitely, album. She's definitely broken into mainstream. 100% broken oh, okay. into mainstream. 
which a lot of black artists in this country do not. Well, you'd be surprised. Well, my girl LMA. Uh, well, bar one, LMA. Well, it's not bar because... I think LMA has a very R&B sound. And yeah. to be honest with you, the UK... Don't, 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 don't push it. Don't push it that way. Don't rock that like, way. Like um, with Jordan Smith, and this is not a comparison to mm. both of them. Jordan Smith's sound is very, very kind of like contemporary. It's kind po- of more like poppy. pop. It's more poppy. So yeah. obviously she's, you know, I guess sellable. In the UK. In the UK. Whereas LMA has got this kind of like R&B kind of like... Still got this R&B, contemporary R&B. Yeah, but, but American R&B artists managed to be successful enough here. Yeah, because America's bigger. You understand what I mean? Let's be, let's be, let's be honest. Yeah. If we actually think about it, when we look at... Look at... If we look at the US as a whole, mm. there are... They're massive. So their reach is obviously going to be bigger. So naturally, when we... Because now, when we look at LMA now, now it's like people are kind of like, oh, LMA, oh, she's British. You know what I mean? Like, she had to make it in the US. She had to do the the whole billboard stuff for her to be relevant here. Which doesn't... Which which still doesn't make sense to me. Because if you can produce the... Why produce something... To have it go somewhere else To then come back And accept it When you could have just had it Because the record label's hair They have a lot of work to do A lot of them still have a lot of work to do They're still They're still trying to market this Poppy kind of sound Without making it too urban But still touch Still have a splash of urban That's the crux of it That's the crux of it I think that The British music scene When you're talking about the popular British music scene mm-hmm. is still much more frightened of having an overtly black uh, sound or feel to it. Yeah. Whereas the American um, music scene, well, American popular music is deeply entrenched in black roots. Mm-hmm. And even though it's not run by black people, there's less of a reticence for me to have overtly black sounding music, mm-hmm. be it R&B, be hip-hop, be soul, whatever yep. To have a major platform yep. And I think that's the difference yep. But yeah, we can't talk about the, the Brits forever Because there's yep. another huge award show oh, that, that we'll go into deeper later Yeah, but, that uh, happened over the weekend Yeah, we'll just talk about the winners Well, not all the winners, the black winners We're going to talk oh, about See, I don't I keep pulling up the headphones Technical problems um, You can still hear me anyway Now we can, yeah um, Yeah, no not, I, don't, I know why I'm saying no But yeah, the Oscars obviously mm-hmm. happened over the weekend. The 91st Academy Awards. 93rd. Oh, they're nearly close to 100. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously there were some great winners. Mm-hmm. There were some interesting winners. Mm-hmm. And there were some, hmm, well, how did it win that? Let's go through the winners. Um, yeah. I'll start with perhaps for most people the most interesting. Best Picture, which went to Green Book. Uh, we had... Uh, Best Supporting Actress, which went to Regina King for mm-hmm. If Bill Street Could Talk. Uh, she's been around for a minute. So uh, congratulations to her. Marsha Ali won his second award uh, in the same category, Best Supporting second Actor. Oscar. Yeah, second Oscar, that's it. Um, for Best Supporting Actor in Green Book. Mm-hmm. I'm going to count this one here. Best Animated Feature Film, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I'm going to take that one. For a victory for the Wakandans there mm-hmm. Speaking of Wakandans um, Black Panther won Best Costume Design The first 
ever. I couldn't believe this actually when I read this. That was the first ever um, Academy Award for Marvel. So all these Marvel films have been going on for come a decade. Are you a, serious? Yeah. And would you look at that? It was a black it was dominated a black, film. A, well, it was a, and there's a black woman specifically who well, headed up that department. Would you look at that? Who would accepted that? that award. Best original screenplay went to Green Book. Best adapted screenplay went to Black Klansman. Uh, I know Black Panther won two other awards All think, in technical I categories Also for costume design Costume design, yeah, that's the one I said Costume. Oh design. yeah, I, I can't remember I think um, best original score Best original score and Yeah, because I happened to look at it separately Somewhere here, they also won Best production design Oh okay Yes, which is also won by a black woman so two black women on yeah. that production winning awards. So we will go into this a little bit more in detail. Yes. But there was a lot of thoughts. And I just, to be honest with you, I think to me, it, it's the same old, same old. In what nothing, sense? I think it's nothing, it's nothing different. The people that tend to win the BAFTAs is the people that win the Oscars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you, can... Because it's, it's, you can tell from just that kind of like... Whoever wins at the BAFTAs is who will potentially win. There might be one person that, one award that might be a little bit off. Yeah. Um, but that's about it. And I just you think it's just boring. It it's way, just yeah. boring. Like, I just wish that they there wasn't a, a pattern. I wish that, that, you know, it would be something different and kind of like not competitive, but it would be like, do you know what? This is what you think is great. Yeah. Let's kind of, you know, actually, we don't agree. Do you know what, 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 what would actually make it more interesting? Because right now you have, uh, you've got, the um, Golden Globes, the BAFTAs. I think the first one is the Screen Actors Guild Awards. So you've got all these awards that, in essence, are leading up to the big one, which is the Academy Awards. Now, what I think would make it interesting for me is if each of those awards carved out a little niche for themselves, carved out a little a little thing that separates them. So like the Screen Actors Guild Awards, for example, if those were very much focused on purely the art of being a thespian, being an actor. So it doesn't matter if this is a performance that was in a big Hollywood film or a small indie film, as long as it fits certain criteria in terms of being released in cinemas, whatever, it should be, yeah, you know what? This person acted their socks off. This person did all the technical bits and pieces that are only like trained actors or people who appreciate the art of acting would be able to give. So it's like, okay, this award may not be an Oscar, but that's the award that tells everyone you're the best actor. Then what you got, the Golden Globes, maybe could be like more of a crossover to say this is for the blockbuster type movies. And then the Oscars can have their own kind of Oscar space. I think that's what makes it boring, that all of them are kind of like an awards for the same thing. Like in music, you know how to, like take it back to this country, the Brits and the Ivan Novellos are so, so totally different. Because yeah. if you win an I Ivan Novello, you are basically being told you can write yeah. songs. You're a good songwriter. Mm -hmm. You're basically a poet put to music. Whereas if you're in a Brit, it kind of means you're a popular musician mm -hmm. and everyone recognizes the difference. So yeah, for me, I think it is boring because like we've been talking about awards for what, a month, if not longer. Mm. And when it comes to the film awards, yeah, they're awarding the same thing. It's just like, are we going to be... But then it also... It, it also... Uh, naturally, those people, the those people that are the... Not the judges, the jury or whatever. Well, we technically is judges, yeah. Yeah, they're all kind of like the same people. <laughs> they are very much... And they've been judged by their peers. Yeah. 
So it's pretty much the same people. Maybe shake the table. Like maybe one a big award potentially mm. let the public vote. <laughs> Do you know yeah, what I mean? Put it yeah. in the hands of the public. I think that's. But the reason why, I, personally, I think that that would be good. I don't think it will happen because oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. the vehicle of award season is so uh, rampant. It's so set in its ways that, you know, for a studio, for example, they would love to be like, okay, we won, you know, a Golden Globe or something and stick that on a film poster. I want to stick that on a film poster. They want, they all want to be scrambling for the same award nominations and award wins. So mm. until then, all we're going to have is like them, you know, the festival awards, like Can and Them and There, which tell you that these are more artistic films. But in terms of like the mainstream uh, Hollywood, and I guess British, our film awards, mm. we're going to be doing the same business. But we'll dive into that a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. moving on swiftly, we've got film and TV stuff. So what's been happening film and TV wise? <laughs> so uh, Hollywood are doing another cash in. Space Jam 2, starring LeBron James, he announced it uh, in the last week. Uh, it starts filming this summer. All I got to say is tired, in it? Like, it's not... Ugh, it sounds boring as hell. More, where are the original stories? Why, 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 why? And also, it's weird because Looney Tunes are not even as popular culturally relevant now as they were in like 94, 96 when this when Space Jam was originally made. So that was just my own thing, just to rant about the lack of originality. I think that that, we're I, I think a lot of these kind of like these studios are playing on the fact that we're in an era of nostalgia. Yeah. And they really are trying to cash in on it. Mm. You know, we can see that with Disney trying to bring live adaptations of, you know, animations that happened way back when. And, yeah. you know, all of a sudden we want to be seeing the live version of it. Look, I know what lions do. Like, I don't, like, do I need to see a real version of Lion King where I know that the animals technically don't really talk, but you've got them talking? Exactly. It just doesn't, so like... And when they call it live, like, like, like live action, but it's not live action. It's because yeah. their man are not act, acting there with actual lions. So... Yeah. And that's one of the most talented lions in Africa that I've never seen. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know well, that? You never know. Disney has the money. Those lions in Africa have American accents. Yeah. How did that? How did that happen? happen? And they speak English so fluently. Oh, who would have known? Incredible stuff. Um, But anyway, moving on swiftly. The BFI Flair London LGBTQ Plus Film Festival 2019 full program has been announced. Now, I was supposed to attend the, I think, the announcement of the program. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to and that was last week. But they have officially announced the full program. Um... And it's one of the most, um, obviously, BBC, um, BBC, BFI Flair is one of the most um, significant and long-standing LGBTQ plus film festival. And it presents over 50 features and more than 80 shorts. And it's a wide range of special events, guest appearances, club nights and much more. Um, so it's similar to the BFI Film Festival, um, but it focuses on the LGBTQ plus um, films and stuff like that. And I'm actually looking forward to kind of like... Um, Everything that's going to take place. There's a lot of films that I've already kind of seen. I'm like, oh, I would like to go to that. What 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 would you recommend to the people? Because I got one. I'm definitely going to try to go. To. I can't remember because I was looking through and I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to look. Rafiki. That's the one I definitely want to see. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's uh, so two Kenyan women, two young Kenyan women, 
their fathers are like on opposite sides of like the political divide. They run two political parties. They're in opposition, enemies. Mm-hmm. And they basically navigate trying to start and conduct a relationship. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's a African LGBTQ story. I am an African. So yeah, that's the fun that, that caught my eye. There was one that was set in Brazil as well. Um, black boy and white boy. Uh, but I can't remember the story. I think it's like hit the black boy's mum is murdered and then something, something, something. But I can't remember the name of that. But Rafiki for sure, I remember. And I'm definitely going to see. Cool. So the tickets go on sale. Well, the tickets go on sale um, and are available via bfi.org.uk slash flair. And I think I believe it will go on sale to BFI patrons, champions and members from the 25th of February. So that's, when is that? When is the 20th? Oh, it's, it's on sale now. Yeah, it's on sale oh, now for BFI patrons and um, it goes general public on, on the, the 28th. 28th. Um, so yeah, the festival will um, begin on the 21st of March and end on the 31st of March and it's at the BFI um, mm. South Bank. Um, and they actually have a theme. They have three um, f- um, kind of like thematic strands. So it's hearts, body and minds. And yeah, I'm, there's a lot Again, it would be, I would say, go onto the website. Mm. And normally BFI have an actual program booklet, which you can have a look of like screen times of when various different um, features and shorts will be showing. I'm actually, I'm so glad I'm moving into London because this this gives me an opportunity. And obviously BFI is south of the river, so I'm not too far from there. Um, So I get to, I'm going to use the opportunity to go and see quite a few things. Yep, definitely. Other news. What's happening In the theatre world Yes This is our one theatre news Daniel Bailey appointed as the Associate Director of the Bush Theatre Round of applause there uh, So Daniel's going to work alongside uh, the new Artistic Director Lynette Linton Who only started in uh, January yes. I believe yeah. uh, He's currently the Associate Director of the Birmingham Repertory Theatre The Birmingham Rep I think yep. this is what everybody calls it um, and was part of the Regional Theatre Young Directors Scheme Where he worked on uh, Blue Orange, Concubine Blue Orange, I knew like a lot of people saw and loved that Concubine, uh, Stuff I Knew You uh, Abilu Jampukachu, Made in India, Britain and XL uh, He previously worked as a resident director at the National Theatre Studio Associate Artist at Stratford Royal Theatre East One of my favourite venues uh, and a resident artist at the Fine Bro Theatre. Um, he said, Daniel said, uh, I'm excited about starting this new adventure at the Bush, seeing in this new era with Lynette and being part of the Bush family. As a West Londoner, it's good to be back home. Uh, good for him. And Lynette, I guess that's his new boss, right? Said, uh, this is a very exciting announcement for the Bush Theatre. Daniel Bailey is an exceptional artist. And I've been a fan of his work for a long time. I'm very much looking forward to working with him as we shape our first season and beyond. Welcome to the fam, Daniel. What I love about this is Bush Theatre have always been a theatre that um, prioritise work from, I guess, people on the margins of society, which is something that in the world of theatre is super white, super middle class world. Mm-hmm. is something that I think both of us know is spoken about a lot inclusion 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 is spoken about a lot a lot a lot and a lot of people and a lot of theaters talk it i think we've said this on the show before talk it but they don't walk it 
Yeah. And the Bush are walking it and they're not walking it once with one show or one season or one announcement or one staff member. They're walking that walk constantly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we've got to give props to people who are about it, about it. Mm-hmm. Putting their money in their mouth is and putting and giving opportunity to people who push forward our agenda if you want to call it an agenda absolutely and it's great to see someone like um daniel bailey mm. um kind of doing obviously because i actually funny enough a very long time ago back in 20 i want to say 2012 mm-hmm. um i auditioned for a play that he was directing and i actually um got into the play but because i decided to go and volunteer in kenya so i obviously had to give up my role and to kind of see kind of like his journey from starting you know as a director of kind of like a small show Mm -hmm. you know kind of doing it here and there to like you know going on to you know being at the nt was it nt studios Oh yeah, uh, national national th- yeah. yeah national theatre studios <laughs> NT studios yeah so using, kind of, using that lingo yeah that, I'm using the that, lingo that industry lingo come on yeah um and obviously to the Frimbra and then you know kind of going to Birmingham and then now at the Bush it's just amazing to see people that you have you know at some point kind of met across your life to mm. see where their like their careers have come to and it's it's so great to see that and you know i i'm looking forward to kind of the season that they all put together i believe they're also he's he's one of the first because i think it's going to be two artistic direct um associate, associate directors. directors so there should be one more who will join is it when would the person join um, later on in the year So mm. looking forward to that And looking forward to the season as well And what you were saying there about like Obviously knowing him um, It's that thing where you kind of see Things are possible Like I met Lynette at like a randomly at a party once And she said I work in theatre, I work at the gate Blah 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 This was years ago and from then to now see that she's running uh, The bush mm. It's that thing where You then kind of I'm a great believer in the power of normalizing uh, success, quote unquote success, Hmm. in people like us and black people actually being able to see other black people um, doing things that they want to do or doing things that they didn't think could be done. And actually those things then becoming normal, which is why I'm such a big, like it's something for someone like Kwame Kwayama um, to get the job as a... Artistic Artist director, director the, the Young Vic. Vic. Yeah, the it's young great. Vic. It's inspiring. But this is somebody who's like on TV. This is somebody who's like... Who's had a long-standing a career. A long-standing career. And to a lot of people, even black people, won't be someone who they feel... they can. And that's not no fault of his. If you're young and black and have grown up and seen him on TV and stuff, there is a, a little bit of that... Um, disconnect. Disconnect. Or you see them as like this towering figure. Whereas yeah. people, not to say that like people in it and Daniel Bailey are not, but for people like us, I guess they're a closer one in age. Yeah. Um, and we and have obviously direct some, proximity. Like yeah, some, some kind point of you have kind of association with them. We've with rolled them. Yeah. in circles. And sometimes those circles are even more social than, um, you know, food industry. Mm. Um, so yeah, for me personally, and I think for a lot of people who I know in this theater game, they'll see stuff like that happening and be like, hey, if they can do it and I am, you know, only one degree of separation away from them, mm. then I can do it. And the fact that they're bringing more and more people in to the game as well. Yeah, I think it's just going to normalize over time their idea of us working in theater, 
you know, you're an African girl, an African boy. When you bring up trying to work in the arts, the African parents, it becomes a bit long. So oh just, God, it's still a bit long. To be honest, <laughs> trust but me. Yeah. So that that um yeah, for me, the idea of just normalizing, making it something that we can do, see, touch, feel, and make a career of is yeah. something that is actually the power of that is is I think what we're trying to do with this podcast. Um, what we're trying to do with the work we promote and it's great that someone uh, uh, a company with the platform that the bush has just does it and yeah, keeps doing sure. it because yeah it makes a huge difference oh for absolutely people like me and yeah. others definitely so for our what much to do about something oh yes we're gonna go back we're gonna go topic. back to what we mentioned earlier in what's the downbeat mm-hmm. and that is of course the oscars yeah and um, obviously, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, there was the Oscar So White. Oscar So White. It's four years ago now. Do you know? Four years? Wow, time flies. Time really flies. It when really I did the research for this, I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. That must have been from like 2017 or something. So uh, Oscar So White was a campaign started by April Rain uh, in 2015. After that year, all 20 top acting nominees. So that's Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress. All 20 people nominated for those awards were white. Um, The Academy took steps to increase diversity on its panel. And this Sunday, we just read out uh, seven awards that were won. And there were two more missing. So nine awards that were won by Black Talent. Now, I'm going to say this. It's interesting that at the start of of the show, the show when we were talking about the Oscars, one thing that was definitely lacking was like a celebratory tone from yeah. both of us. We weren't jumping on the rooftops being like, yeah, 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 we won all these Oscars, isn't it? Amazing. Mm-hmm. Which I remember the year after Oscars So White, 2018 Oscars, there were a few more black uh, Academy Award winners. Mm. And I remember Twitter just waking, you know when you wake up and you know something's happened because Twitter is just blowing, blowing up. Yeah. Um, I, I saw the Academy Award winners, but I wouldn't say Twitter was like blowing up in celebration. It was mm-hmm. blowing up over one particular award. Yeah. Uh, but there wasn't that like celebration of it. I can tell you why I didn't celebrate because I just thought to myself, um, nothing excited me. Mm. And I guess, um, I don't know if it still feels like there's a tick quota. Mm-hmm. I still get that vibe mm-hmm. So that's why I'm kind of like I'm not buying this mm-hmm. just yet Until we get to the point where it's just kind of like That film, yes, definitely needs to be there That person definitely needs to be there mm. And they's, not to say that the winners um, um, Particularly the black um, actors and actresses Didn't deserve to win mm. Absolutely, their work has been kind The work speaks for itself mm. But it's just kind of like let it be. Oh, I don't, oh, this is difficult because it is deserving, but let it be really deserving. Do you get what so I'm saying? Let me let me let me throw devil's advocate in here. So, uh, someone who I follow uh, on Twitter, one of these, like he's not bait outspoken, but if you follow him, you know he's outspoken. Said something interesting to me. Said you lot, you lot, um, uh, last year were standing Black Panther so hard to the point it became annoying. Then it got nominated for an Oscar. And then you same lot were out here saying, well, it's not even that good a film. It's not even the best Marvel film. And you you were basically shitting on it for being nominated. Now, here's, here's my little spiral in the works there. Is this a thing where 
we all clamored for Oscars so white. We all clamored for more black representation, for more black films to win. It's happened. It's happening. Since then, um, obviously, Green Book won Best Picture this year. Huh. Um, Moonlight has won it. Um, yeah. Which I've won. But 12 Years a Slave has won it. <sighs> Mahashila has won two. Regina yeah. King uh, has won an award. Um, Viola Davis. I'll say Angela Davis. Very different Davis. Uh, Viola Davis has won an award. Obviously, is Spike Lee. Spike Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it a thing where we are asking a bit too much no. from the Oscars. But no. here's a thing, here's a thing. So we wanted more winners. We've got more winners. We've got more winners. So but then what we're trying to say issue? to you is be fucking authentic about it. But how do, being, judge, how do you judge I, that I authenticity? Think I think, what's, I think what's it's... The, what's the yardstick? You know yeah, it's like you've allowed the uproar to take place. Yeah. And now the uproar has taken place. People have outrightly pulled you out for it saying, mm-hmm. look... You're fucking up because let's yeah. be honest. Like, how can you have twenty nominations and all of them? Well, twenty out of how many ever nominations? Well, it was the best. It was all all of the acting categories, the big acting categories. Yes, yeah. all white. Yeah. How can that possibly happen in this day and age? Mm-hmm. We've pulled you up on it. We don't. We shouldn't be the ones that pull you up on it. We shouldn't be. Okay, but we've pulled up. They've listened. They could. They, they no, they've listened. They've, up, they've and listened. It, and it just reminds me of companies now that like to play the diversity and inclusion slogan mm-hmm. and it's they're just doing it for a tick quota it's like oh we might get funding so let's you know let's really hype up on the diversity thing i don't think it's genuine okay. i don't think it gets to the day and age where we look at a category and think yeah those people yeah those people deserve to be there so here's my question to you what about this uh list of nominees and winners let's forget the nominees winners what about this list of winners for you specifically feels like a tick quota uh, exercise? Ooh, I've not watched any of the films, so mm. I can't sit here. And mm. I guess I guess my argument can be counterproductive. Um, productive. Yeah. But for me, the films in general, bar, I guess, if Beatle Street can talk mm. and maybe the favourite... Those are the films that I wanted to go and see in the cinema mm-hmm. that I potentially will go and see in the cinema. Mm-hmm. I think everything else didn't kind of like give me vibes of like, oh, mm. this is different. Yeah. Like the the narrative of the green book. Now I've not seen it. The impression I got is the white savior nonsense. Yes. And that to me has been done so many times mm-hmm. to the point where you think, how are we still allowing films like this? It, it's also, it, it, that film to me felt like, and this then again, I haven't watched it. Mm. That film felt to me like 12 Years a Slave when it won. It's kind of like, oh, we're going to allow a film that, you know, plays on the, I guess, the black sorrow mm-hmm. or the white person being the savior yes. this time. And that's going to win because we're trying to please people now, out here. That is the, when, when we've, we've kind of spoken around the whole green book winning best uh, Oscar. So let's tackle it head on. When I woke up uh, on Monday, the day after the Oscars, that was what was blowing up. Mm-hmm. The anger basically from most people who are black, to be honest, and most of the people they follow are black. The anger amongst black people who work in the industry and fans of film was at Green Book winning. Um, 
And that angle was essentially based on what you said, that mm-hmm. it is a white savior story. It's a, it's a story about racism that focuses heavily or disproportionately on the white character that doesn't call out racism or kind of makes white people still a bit more comfortable than they deserve to be mm-hmm. when you've got a story not just about race, but, but about racism. I, I've seen the trailer. When I saw the trailer, I did think, I do want to see that film. Um, people at work, actually one black to be fair, did say that, oh, it's a brilliant film. It's a film you've got to see. Yeah, tear, 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 tear. But I do understand, I do get, I do get the anger towards black films winning that kind of have black people, not on the periphery. I don't, I, I wouldn't say it. I, I haven't, like I said, not seen the film, but I'll be surprised if like the main black characters on the periphery, but that center some element of whiteness in that black film. I get the anger at those films winning. Mm. For me, the flip side of it though is there is a long list of films that shouldn't have won an Oscar that did win an Oscar over a film that should have won the Oscar. And I guess here's my question. Is us being upset at certain things winning progress over us not even being nominated? And and is this just part and parcel of the game? The fact that these awards are not based on some kind of um, it's not a sport, it's not a criteria, it's not criteria that you can tick off and say, you know, this film has done A, B, C, D, therefore it deserves the Oscar. Mm. It's just opinion. It's part of the it's game. Based, yeah, it's based it, on it's, opinion. It's, it's yeah. part of the game that we are going to see black films that we don't want to see hmm. win Oscars, win yeah. Oscars, because, you know, what? that's what happens. Awards get given to, um, awards get given to acts who are non-deserving that historically people say didn't deserve to win it. Because um. let's, let's, let's talk about Moonlight. Uh, yeah, Moonlight, for example. Uh. There's literally no white people in that film and that one. Best picture, so you can. But they look at accuse... the fuck up they did. Yeah, they did a fuck up. They did a fuck up on stage. Cool, they did a fuck up. But you cannot. Ch- that does not change the fact that they that film won best picture and has yeah. literally no white people. So you can't accuse it of being like some kind of white savior story. There's no white people to save the black people Absolutely, in it, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. not even a story where black people need saving from some kind of outward force. It's kind of like mm-hmm. a, a story of identity, even needing saving from yourself in a way. But it's not that type of racialized story and that one. So is this just part and parcel of... One year it might be a hit. One year it might, year be, a it miss. might be a miss. But each year, we're still we're still there to be a hit and miss. We're still there to collect the gold. Yeah, and I guess so. we might like it, we might not. Is that literally... Is, it, is, is that, to an extent, what fairness is? I'm going to tell you a quote that I always like, like to go back to when speaking about racism. Um... Bill, oh, Bill, Chris Rock. Who was thinking about with Bill? Chris Rock said when he was talking about racism in one interview, you could probably look up on YouTube. He said that um, there's a guy called Jackie Robinson who was the first black man to play in the uh, major professional leagues in baseball. Mm-hmm. And you know uh, the guy. Yeah. I know the guy. Look at me talking. Yeah. I know the guy. You know, me um, and him are friends. <laughs> well, he's dead. So I know exactly. <laughs> he said that baseball did not become fully integrated with Jackie Robinson. Uh, in I think this was the 40s, he said baseball became fully integrated in the 70s when you saw black baseball players who sucked because at that point you could be black, not be the best, but still be recognized and still make it as a professional. He wasn't saying he wanted black people to suck. He just said 
he wanted us to have the opportunity to suck and make it back. And is this not a walk to that journey that, let's say, Mahershala is in a film that won an award that some people think undeserving, but if he continues to have a career, isn't that just a sign that actually, you know, white actors can do this, white actors can make films suck, win awards they don't deserve, and then just come back and continue having a career? Is that not part of what we're asking for, which is ultimately fairness? Yeah, but it feels like the fairness is still, it's still been painted, painted. It's still got like this taintedness to it. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, again, I'm going to go back to, I don't think it's genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? It could take a few years. Like you said, you know, until we see the likes of like certain actors where we're just like, actually, mm, Certain black t- actors were like, how did they make it on that list? Mm. You know what I mean? Then maybe, yeah. Um, but we all know that Regina King deserving. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? She'd been deserving from a long time ago. Do you get what I'm saying? But it's kind of like, has it? why is it taken so long? Do you get what I'm saying? Well, it, that's, that's the best part of it. Why has it taken so long? I'm going to read a quote from um, April Rain who spoke, uh, so she's the woman who started Oscars yeah, so, so why? And she was actually at the awards. She took her son. She was invited by the Academy. So she said after this year's awards, uh, what we've seen, um, what we've seen over 90 years of history with respect to the Academy of Motion Pictures uh, and Arts. Oh, she said, what we've seen tonight hasn't erased what we've seen in over 90 years of history with respect to the Academy of Motion Pictures picture of arts and sciences that's the full name of the mm-hmm. academy the people that give the awards sciences, um, pardon sciences yes um motion pictures and art sciences yeah motion pictures arts and sciences yeah interesting well i mean that's all the technical awards that people get like best visual effects and stuff yeah, that's they, definitely they could have just said visuals rather than science but i uh, make know. it sound fancy the academy of motion picture of arts and sciences extra but yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of into what you're saying. Um, until we're no longer talking about first in a, any particular year, until we see every marginalized community, not just based on race mm-hmm. uh, uh, and identity, but also with respect to gender identity, sexual mm-hmm. orientation, disability, age, uh, and indigenous people in this country, the United mm-hmm. States, until all these categories are recognized and all these facets of this experience is seen on screen, not just during award season, but all year long, there will still be a lot of work to be done. Yeah. Um, Jules, I, I look to you as a black woman who makes film, I guess has aspirations to make more films, bigger films. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel as a black woman making film in terms of what you see that's being made, what the process is like for you, other black women, black people in the film industry? How do you feel about hearing a statement like that and the state of film? Because I guess you've got I completely, insight. I completely agree. Was her name Ruth? Rain. Um, Rain. April. April. April Rain. April Rain. I completely agree with April. Until, you know, every voice is mm. recognized, there is still a long way to go. Even as a black woman who is a writer, who is a director, mm-hmm. you there's still a lack. Of women directors mm-hmm. in the best director category. Oh yeah, do you get what I'm saying? There was time. only one woman last year. Big time. One big woman time. last year, and I yeah. don't think a woman has ever won the award. Um, for best director. Best 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 director. 
Yeah, you're right. I think you're right because I think because I know there was a big massive deal when mm. the f- when a woman was nominated and it's yeah. been a while since a woman had. I think been a woman might have won Best Picture for The Hurt Locker, but oh, best, okay, Best, best Director. director there's no. two different. Yeah, and Best Director is usually given as a like you didn't win Best Film, so we're just gonna give, give you Best, best director. director. Everybody yeah. knows the deal with that one. Um, yeah. but yeah, I feel like there's still a long way to go, and even. As someone who has been a lover of film mm-hmm. And has always said One day I'm going to win an Oscar mm. At first it was for best actress Then I realised I didn't want to be an actress anymore But potentially, you know There's other categories that mm-hmm. I can, you know Look at and think, oh, one day You know, God willing mm-hmm. If it's meant to be And looking at that, it still feels like that We we still have a journey to get to mm. And it is quite sad In The mere fact that there are many voices mm-hmm. um, There are many things to tackle That we, we're we just not there yet You know, we're still looking at the, the point of race And this is just one particular race mm. We're not looking at it on the whole spectrum mm. Because, yeah, like she said and indige- indigenous, indigenous people, people yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Where, when, when are those stories going to be celebrated? You know, other people of colour mm. When are those stories going to be celebrated? Uh, is it going to be one token film That we're just going to throw in there this year? It's funny you mentioned indigenous people uh, Some people They're not even indigenous Because really... they're the people that originally yeah. come from there That's what indigenous means Oh, is that what it means? Okay, yeah. there you go. I'm showing. I'm really showing my Whoa, education. Okay. Well, I did film and TV at uni. Do you know what I mean? But go on. Swiftly back. Yeah, let's go back um, to... In the 70s, I believe Marlon Brando actually refused to an ex- like physically go up to accept an award and sent like a, a Native American and indigenous uh, chief on uh, in protest of how the film industry uh, and America as a whole has treated... Um, indigenous people. Oh, look and, at Marlon Brando. Yeah, well, and it's not even about a big up to Marlon Brando. It's more to say that that was then and this is now, and, and we're still, still in the same place. Not even um, close. When Oscars so white came, uh, like when the campaign was started, when April's uh, tweets blew up, uh, a, a clip resurfaced of Eddie Murphy at the 1980 something uh, Academy Awards. Where there were no black He was actually presenting an award And did, you know, have a little talk about the fact that there were no black actors in this year, 1980, mm-hmm. whatever it was um, And how he found that a little bit ridiculous Hence why I'm not buying this and bullshit that's, And that's where we have to look That's where we kind of have to look at it As in none of this, none of what April has said uh, After the awards on Sunday is particularly new yeah. And we can feel like Oscars So why it was this new movement In in terms of it, It's a Rehash Not a rehashing A repetition Of something that has been brought up mm-hmm. And not just the race Like as in the black issue Has been brought up But some of these other issues Around identity And uh, gender And uh, other marginalised groups mm-hmm. In wider Western society Has been brought up in the past yeah. And obviously we're still at where we're at yeah. So That's what I'm saying I, I yeah. don't feel I feel like these You know People have protested mm. You know People have gone up And onto these stages And said What the hell are you doing mm. Prime example Like Spike Lee You know oh, What was his film Do the right thing Do the right thing mm. Where I think it was Kim Bassinger Kind of was just like This film deserved to win Where mm-hmm. she was 
presenting that particular award and yeah. she was just kind of like what the fuck and that, I was like, that, funny enough that lost I think that lost to driving Miss Daisy which a lot of people have com- um, compared Green Book to which mm. is kind of yeah so it's just kind of like happy race story I guess yeah and it just makes me think that a film like Spike Lee a lot of his films were ahead of its time mm. so why wasn't that celebrated at, at that time? Why is it that it's taking you this long? Mm-hmm. And then now you're like, oh, actually, Spike Lee's done a film and act. Yeah, I feel like yeah. they're trying to compensate for the that's fact. That's what a lot of people, and that's what a lot of people have a lot of the either fact, said the, the directly. Fuck ups they've done. Yeah, I've either said directly or have um, insinuated that his award for Black Klansman is a um, compensation for. Um, do the right thing or get an award but then it's just ironic that if he's getting that compensation and then Green Book which has some of the same kind of problems that Driving Miss Daisy had when he didn't win the award mm-hmm. it's kind of like we're literally driving in circles yeah Um, kind of ugh, it's difficult because before sitting here I wanted to think and I don't often like I don't often want to think that things are going you know overly positive I did want to like have a different kind of viewpoint one more to say actually if this is what we want this is kind of what what we want looks like which mm-hmm. is some stuff we want win, some stuff we want but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when i think about it from like that it's historical point of view and the fact mm. that i'm big on history i did history at uni when i look at it from that historical standpoint the fact that we've been here we've um, done that. that the film industry has been here that the academy itself has been here it's yeah, we shouldn't we shouldn't be going. Yeah, like you said, it, it, it's a it's a rounding circle kind of thing. Yeah. And you know, every every other every decade, yeah. you know, something gets sparked up and like, oh shit. Something gets I think we've dropped the ball. Around. We've dropped the ball again. Let's try and do and something for a couple again. of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get them a bit sweet on side. But now what what's happening is that mm. this generation, with like social media mm. and kind of the internet being readily available to mm. us. We are able to speak up about it. And I don't know. We're also able to forget, like everyone else. We're yeah, we're able, able to, to forget. forget. The internet doesn't forget, but we're gonna we're gonna grow old, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. But our life priorities will change yeah. and you know. You know, I still think that, you know, let's see what they do next year. I'm not buying I'm not buying it. Year. But also beyond uh, beyond, you know, Hollywood, um, and beyond the award season, I think a very, very um important point that april made in her statement was beyond award season let's see more films breaking and having mainstream money that um aren't essentially films about straight white people yeah uh, and straight able-bodied white people and films Mm -hmm. that have that type of story like we talked about bfi flair and the films that i personally want to see let's have those films in you know, mainstream cinema releases, let's actually have the faith that these films are stuff that are are films that people are going to want to go and see. Because realistically, the film that I'm talking about, Rafiki, if I want to see it, I have to see it within this one short, you know, two or three showings that they're going to have during festival season. And then that's the end of that. I'm not going to be able to see it again unless I try to find some next dodgy stream on the internet. Mm. Uh, And it's stuff like that that kind of keeps the film industry where it is um we could probably talk about this for another hour but we don't have another hour yeah so, we don't so we're um, gonna slowly well well we're gonna quickly move on yes um so no opportunities to call us this week because i didn't 
bothered to do my research to find something. But in the meantime, we're going to go on to our sound waves, yes. recommendations and things that we see, mm-hmm. um, things that we want you to go and have a look at yes. um, and stuff like that. So Chama's got a couple of reviews. Yes, so I do he, have a couple of reviews. So he's been to the theatre. So he's going to yes. tell us what he's seen at the theatre. So um, last week I saw uh, Babylon Beyond Borders at The Bush. Which we spoke about the bush recently, uh, or in this episode. The so this is a, a bit of a follow up on a conversation uh, we had on the last show. Guys, Jules is literally about to stuff her face with sweets. So yes. <laughs> this is why I gave Chama the opportunity to go and talk because I was like, I'm the people deserve to know the truth. I'm like, I'm eyeing the sweets. I she got up from her mic. <laughs> Took her headphones off and then tried to like open the sweet jar. Proper quiet, quiet, quiet. Like she's, uh, do you know what you look like? You look like when you sneak downstairs to try to steal meat from the pot. <laughs> uh, yeah. She was doing meat from the pot movement, but it was sweet. But I've now done the people's that plenty know. of time. Um, but this is a follow up on the um, Netflix theater story that we spoke about. I think mm-hmm. it's a follow up anyway, because the way this show worked was it was a live stream. Uh, four plays uh, were live streamed uh, simultaneously from four theatres, one in Sao Paulo, the Bush obviously in London, one in New York, and one in Joburg. So the way it kind of worked is whilst... So during your play being shown, you're obviously watching your play, and then it'll go to one of the other locations which will be shown on the screen. And obviously, like, when you're talking about Joburg and um, Sao Paulo, there's that kind of language barrier, so actors there would essentially read simultaneously translate what's being said for you whilst you're watching it on screen so it really made me think about what we spoke about i think the day before in Mm. terms of because i i think i was very very clear in shutting down the whole theater on screen um netflix vibe yes i really shut that down this for me was uh, an interesting take on on that in terms of you're kind of having the live experience of the play in front of you, but also a live, but not live experience of watching the thing live streamed to you. So mm-hmm. you're watching it and at times you can hear the audience react, laugh, applaud to what's happening thousands of miles away whilst you're watching it. It, for the most part, worked. There were technical difficulties. Funny enough, with New York, we kind of never got a feed from New York, which you'd think of all the locations, there would be the ones... How strange. Easy. Yeah, very, very strange. So, yeah, I sat there thinking, you know what? This felt a bit more uh, uh, of a more genuine attempt to mm. break the traditional way of showing theatre and bringing theatre to the masses and actually hearing stories from other parts of the world. So, uh, there were a few... There were a few issues with like the, the the writing and the story for me. It was a bit too. How can I say it? I do like work that's political. I do like work that's like overtly political. But if it's not very well woven into an actual story, mm. I just kind of feel like this is lazy. And you're just kind of all you're telling me is, "Yay, we lean to the left. Everyone here's you know." On the left side of politics, everyone here's a lefty. Yay! I mean, I don't really like going to any form of art and feeling like I'm just in a left-wing circle jerk because I can get that by... Any day of the week. Yeah, by following left-wing people or getting into political discussions. 
it's still art. It still has to come across as art. Mm-hmm. So it was art in terms of obviously like it's it's form, it's mode, delivery, writing for me not so much. Um, but that was that was Babylon at the that was um, Babylon Beyond Bush, Borders, isn't it? Babylon Beyond Borders, and I, I think it was interesting. I think I still need to share my thoughts on it, even though it's come and gone. Yeah, because we spoke about it and like the future of theatre and mm-hmm. yes, and yeah, interesting very interesting. Take on it. I was kind of bummed that I couldn't go. I think that was the week where I was just not. You were sick. Well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Chama asked me, I'm "So gl- are you going to come along?" I'm like, glad Bruh. you didn't because I too would have got sick sitting next to you. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there was I- definitely something going around because people at work was just dropping like flies. Boy, I didn't get it. I'm yeah. So glad knowing that my work did it. Boots. Uh, I saw that. Yes. On- talk about boots. Yeah. So um, I have written a review. Um, I I will personally describe it as I think I called it um. A walk through divided Britain. So quick uh, on the story. 35-year-old black uh, woman. She works in a popular chemist chain. Get it? Because Boots, the title. Oh, is that what it was? I didn't get the flipping. I didn't actually get the joke until I was writing the review like two days later. Oh and my I God, felt are you being serious? So dumb. I felt so <laughs> dumb because like the set is literally... A Boots. Boots. Without like the branding and yeah. stuff, but you can clearly blatantly see his boots. Oh, wow. And here I am writing. I'm thinking I was literally like on the on the bus, like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> uh, so she works in boots, and um, one day this old white woman comes into her shop, and she cu- keeps coming in day after day in the former relationship. Um, really, it's about how the two of them, because they are you know a, basically a young black woman and an old white woman how they see the world so differently Uh and the different ways in which uh society has uh the different ideas society imposes on them and that's Uh how they're seen by society and the different ideas that they've taken in from society and how they view themselves and each other um there's a funny play um it manages to talk about issues like sexism um racism misogynoir um in ways that like it feels like they're just women talking about these things happening in their lives rather than, it rather than yeah like, on a soapbox to say racism bad misogynoir bad yeah. ageism bad it's just like yeah this is our lives because realistically when you're somebody who's impacted by these issues you can't go around crying all day you don't go around crying all day yeah i'm with your you, life. you joke about it. as a black man you make jokes about police you make jokes about yeah. you know white people and stuff because that's kind of how you live mm. uh, but sometimes things are more serious than a joke and that's uh, another thing that this did well when things were not just a joke they did manage to um have a level of of seriousness without it being too much of a um you know when you get a tonal shift that's just a bit grating, like it's a bit like mm, you've gone from ha ha to weepy weepy. Yeah, this didn't have that. This definitely didn't have that. See, so I like nice, that. What you like those grating tonal changes? No, no, no. I like stuff like where the, the, there's not like a a three sixty, and you're just like, what the yeah, fuck just yeah, happened? Just, it's just caught you off guard. Yeah, yeah. This, I like it slowly transitioning mm-hmm. into what it's supposed to be naturally, mm-hmm. rather than go from this thing of. Oh, we're kicking and laughing. Yeah. Next thing is like, my brother raped me. I'm just like, whoa. Well, here. <laughs> oh. Very, very funny that you say that. Um, I have not watched this play, by the way. You haven't? <laughs> well, if you do watch this play. <sighs> you don't want to give too much away. I don't want to give too much away. Okay. But there is a moment in the play. I will say 100%. There is one moment where it's not so much a. T- it, well, it kind of is a tonal shift. They add something into the story that they didn't necessarily have to. And. It didn't, not that it didn't make sense, but 
but it was just it was a bit of that kind of anvil I'm dropping drop, to the middle drop a of bar it. For you. And if you undropped that bomb, if you lifted that anvil off, it really wouldn't have taken away from the place. So just yeah. kind of like this is a big issue you've dropped in here, mm-hmm. and you could have not and still had the play. Other than that, though, I think some people will see it and think, yeah, well, this is a thing that happened, so drop it in. Other people will be like, I just don't need you to drop it in. Yeah. Especially that it's a very kind of sensitive uh, topic. But other other than that, generally great play, very well acted, love the script, love the set, Um, even though I didn't clock the d- relationship <laughs> the between the set and the name. <laughs> love the set, love the acting, love the dynamics as well between the actors and the race dynamics that were going on. Age dynamics, etc., etc. Boots playing at the Bunker Theatre until the sixteenth of March, so you have time, okay, to go and see it. Um, and just a quick, very quick one. Tomorrow, I'm going to be seeing, um, and the rest of me floats at the Bush Theatre, which is a story. Just before you get onto yeah? that, I was going to ask you how many stars. Oh, stars! I don't give stars. Uh, four, three and a half, four, four. I'll give it four. Four. Hmm. Yeah, I actually will give it four. Yeah. Okay. Going on to what you were going to say after, sorry. Oh, yes. And the rest of me floats. Uh, that's, I'm going to be seeing that tomorrow at the um, Bush Theatre, uh, a story of gender identity, which I don't think I've actually seen anything about that in the uh, theatre before. Interesting. Um, so, yeah. And again, this is why you love the Bush, because they put these stories out here for people to be challenged. I've seen stories on like, not, not necessarily sexuality and sexual identity. I've seen stories about like gay men, actually. Um, just negotiating the world as gay men, but mm-hmm. this is about um, people coming to terms with their sexual and gender identity. Um, it's called the rest of me floats. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see it because, like I said, something that I've never seen. How interesting! A story. I don't of. know if I want to go and see it because right now what I'm writing has to do with um, no more sexual identity. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'm avoiding going to theatre. And because of the fact that I'm writing a play, so I'm just like, huh. Oh, yeah, I can yeah. get what you're saying. So yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. get too kind of like, what's the word? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what's that word? I'm going to be so upset. Influence? If I don't That's the one. Such yeah. an easy word. I don't want to be influenced. I can't by... even talk because I couldn't clock that boots and boots in it. So, well. Well, you know, well, it is yes. what it is. Um, but yeah, no, I'm definitely, I'm going to see, I'm going to try and see if I can see boots before. Mm. Um, before it finishes uh, If I don't, I don't If I don't, I don't uh, I'll I do, just quickly read the, the blurb of the rest of me floats That's pretty much what I said And the rest of me floats is all about the messy business of gender Performances across the trans, non-binary and queer communities Weave together autobiographical, autobiographical performance movement Pop songs stand up and dress up in this anarchic celebration of gender expression uh, playful and powerful And the rest of me flows Explores how it feels To live in a society Where you're regularly Categorised and policed Do you see me? Beyond questions The confusion and the anger Do you really see me? So yeah Interesting Yeah I'll write a review And uh, put that on The Twitters and stuff Yeah So I'm going to do A bit of film and TV We're going to go into Film and TV oh, We're yes, going to make this please. As quickly as possible Bang So at. a couple of things My favourite place I, Again I think Netflix Should be sponsoring us Because this is ridiculous First thing is this I um, watched a series um, Called Dirty John I don't know if you Have you heard of it uh, from your Twitter Yeah <laughs> And the next one You're going to talk about From, from your my Twitter, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So Dirty John Is a true Is based on a true crime Podcast um, 
which is also based on the life of John Meehan, a con artist and a sociopath. Um, the original podcast was hosted by Christopher Godford. Is it Godford? And was created by Wondery and the Los Angeles Times. So the story is basically, the main focus is basically the story of John Meehan, who begins this relationship with this very successful businesswoman who, um, who's called Deborah Newell. Um, they meet via the internet, online dating, and the relationship kind of really kind of like takes, unfolds really quickly. Mm-hmm. Within a couple of weeks, they get married. Um, she's introduced him, obviously, to her kids. She's got three kids. She's actually been married four times before. Oh, wow. Um, and he's just basically, the story kind of looks into how... He's got to where he's not. He's got to where he's got to. How he's basically made a life of conning women, mm. um, and Deborah happens to be the last ever woman he cons. Okay. Um, I won't go into too many details. We don't know why he, she's the last woman, but because he she chops his dick off. Um, no, surprisingly, this is one of those. So it's an eight part series. It was originally, um, it, it originally aired on Bravo. Um, before kind of making its way to Netflix Mm -hmm. because Netflix saw something and was like, we got to get it. Um, And it stars Eric Banner as John Wienan and I think it's Connie Britton um, as Deborah Newell. Um, If you guys are interested, so I feel like this set me on a roller coaster of what the fuck is wrong with people. Mm-hmm. Like how are we in this day and age That people are still making mistakes like this But then again It also kind of made me look at the aspect of This woman might be She might make dumb decisions But there's an There's an intellect there She like Method ha- to the madness is that what you're trying to say? Yeah a little bit Okay. But I want people to make their own opinion. Yeah, and the show is called? It's called Dirty John. And um, that is on uh, Netflix. It's, it's on Netflix. I'll probably give it a three and a half stars. Okay. Um, it's an easy watch. Oh, I managed easy to watch, yeah, I okay. managed to start watching it at nine o'clock at, on, on, <laughs> at work and finished it. Then once there. I finished it, eight episodes. I finished it by 10 o'clock at night when I got no, home. You're brave to be no, talking about you know, you're watching Netflix at work. No, because I work in a broadcasting company, so I'm going to have to do it. So, you know, it's one of those things. Bring me in. <laughs> Um, the next um, show I watch, which is actually a documentary, I have a thing for like true crime stuff. Yeah. Now, this one is the most rattling documentary I've ever seen in my whole entire life. If you think making of a murder uh, is nuts, this is this is more this, nuts than making a murder. This is beyond because making a murder is nuts. No, this is this is a different kind Planted of planted blood and all. all, all no, sorts. this is this is this is a different kind of nuts like you're you're in for a bloody treat because it will make your blood boil like Mm. it will send you all over the place like i've heard about this documentary quite a few people had told me to watch it Mm -hmm. i downloaded it on my phone i was like okay i'm gonna get around to it you know when you kind of go on twitter people like oh my god this documentary is rattling Mm -hmm. um i might as well say what the documentary is it's called abducted in plain sight mm-hmm. um, So the document- documentary covers The kidnapping of Jan um, Broberg Felt And an Idaho teenager Who was abducted by her neighbour In the 1970s And um, It's a stranger 
it's stranger than a fiction story. So it's it's a true crime. Mm-hmm. So it's happened. But you can kind of see just a lot of things happening. You think, how the fuck? Mm. Like, excuse my language. Like, what? What? People are like this. There was one point in the documentary where the dad's obviously, um, what's, is it recanting? Yeah, let's go with the recanting. Yeah, Yeah, kind of like an incident where he's had, where he had with a neighbor who has this obsession with his daughter. The daughter is. Sorry, what? At the time, yes. The daughter is at the time 11 years old. Oh, God. He's a pedophile. Okay, long story short, he's a pedophile. Um, And he has obsessions with like young girls, like having relationships with young girls. So he befriends this particular family. He moves into this neighborhood with his wife Mm. and his five kids. um, When did this crime happen? 1970s. Oh, 70s, okay. Um, and it just tells the tale of how he destroys this family mm-hmm. with lies and just weirdness to the point where the dad, so the dad is recanting the story of his experience where the guy, the this man, mm-hmm. we'll call him B, well, he's called B in the documentary, um, is talking about how much he hates his wife and he feels sexually frustrated. They're both having a conversation in the car. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, next step, you're actually thinking, the guy's like, oh, I'm sexually frustrated. I'm so angry. Da, 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 da. I need to have sex. Da, 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 da. And then the dad can see that the guy's getting aroused. So I'm thinking the dad's going to be like, oh, I'll call, I'll call a couple of hookers. Do you know what I mean? You know, get your enjoyment, whatever. Yeah. The guy leans over and gives him a hand job. Okay. The dad's of this girl that he's obsessed with. Like, you, like, trust me, that's just one, one little bit of the documentary. The rest of it will just amaze you because it's just like, how the fuck did this happen? It's, I, 90, it's a 90-minute documentary, It's right? a 90-minute documentary. By 30 minutes in, you're thinking, you're you're literally I gasping for air. Gotta watch this. You have, to, have watch to watch this. this. And it's called? It's called Abducted in Plain Sight. Abducted Stars? In, I'm giving it a five. I thought I'm so. I'm giving it a five star because I I'm still rattled. So. Yes. I am still rattled Yo, about I it. So. I don't. I I don't understand how this has taken place. But yeah, five. <laughs> five. Just stars. because of the strangeness of no, everything it, that you, took you place. No, you made me want to watch it. I'm not gonna lie. You made me want to watch it. I'm selling dreams, uh, guys. <laughs> let's let's wrap up. Let's wrap yeah. up with the Netflix. Uh, with something we've both seen, Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Um, you go first. What was my view? Oh yeah, so you got stuck on episode three. I got stuck on episode three, guys. Yeah, yeah. I the trailer. I saw the trailer. I was like, mm. "Ooh, this looks good." Started watching episode one. Wasn't really fully focused. Mm-hmm. Thought I'd give episode two a try. Still wasn't engaging. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, episode three. I was like, "Yeah, no." So I'll give uh, my thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, Umbrella Academy, the basic story: one day, um, forty-three kids were born. But their mums were not pregnant with them until literally the day they were born. Mm-hmm. This eccentric, uh, yeah, that sounds super weird. That's what happens. This eccentric millionaire goes to collect as many of these kids as possible. These children were collectibles. Yes, <laughs> they were. Uh, in the end, he ends up with seven of them. They all have a power. Bar one. Uh, bar one. All bar one have a power um, of some sort. So one of them can like um, make people do stuff whatever she wants just by whispering... Um, I heard a rumor one of them can like throw knives wherever they want to, like they can curve around edges and mm-hmm. hit people. One of them can uh, speak to the dead. One of them super strong. Bloody, 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 bloody. One can blah. travel through space one and time. One of them can travel through space and time. Yeah. So it's a story of this family. Their father dies. They're now like in their 20s. 
their dad's dead. They've come together and you basically follow the story through there. I can see why he got stuck on episode. Uh, I can't really, if I, if I reveal more, I'm spoiling it. I can see why he got stuck on episode three because it did actually take a little bit of a time. One, for all the pieces of the puzzle to fit in and two, essentially for the mission, quote unquote mission to be established. Mm-hmm. So the whole point of them being there, because it's great, they've got powers, but they also need then something to do. And I think that thing to do actually didn't really get revealed until like maybe episode three, episode four. For me though, worth sticking uh, sticking with for a couple of reasons. One, um, the relationships between the siblings, siblings does grow over time. Um, and you actually do get to see... I saw that kind of slowly taking place. Yeah, it slowly takes place and you slowly start to see it. Two, one thing that this has for a superhero, uh, well, a hero, superhero, whatever, um, film or series is they're all messed up in a specific way. But the way in which they're messed up is kind of directly linked to their powers. Mm. So one way or another, it doesn't always, it doesn't um, represent it, it doesn't present itself in the same way, mm. but they're clearly messed up because of their powers. And mm. I really, really love that part of it. Um, and Mary J. Blige is in it. I saw in the opening credits for the first one, I saw Mary J. Blige's name. I said, what the hell is this? She is some different Mary J. Blige on this. She's on job. She's a badass. She's a villain. She's fighting. She's shooting gun she is she is a bad b in this totally loved her in it i'd never expected to see auntie mary moving like this um and she was sick she was sick also shout outs to um an actress called emmy raver lampen who she formerly starred in harry in hamilton's first u.s tour she was angelica schuyler this is her first major tv role she's one of the seven seven siblings in there um and she killed it as well mm. um you can't give it a star rating because you haven't seen all of it. Yeah. I have. And I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it another try once I've probably. Settled. Once, once you actually, I'll take that back. Three and a half. Once you've gotten through it, it's definitely a, a, a solid three and a half. Mm-hmm. There are some flaws in there with the presentation of it, rare tear, tear, but solid three and a half. Okay. Um, quickly, another TV one. Yes, yes. And then we'll go on to the music really yes. quickly, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, the soon gone Windrush um, short stories that yeah. played on BBC, I believe BBC Four, and they're also on BBC iPlayer. Oh, okay, yeah, on BBC iPlayer. So I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's basically kind of like short story monologues. Each episode was around fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. and it focuses on various different characters um, through the through the time from I, I believe this nineteen sixties mm-hmm. all the way to present day, mm-hmm. and I guess their stories in in reflect of the wind rush and how that's affected them yeah and um each story at some point once you watch the first one and you watch the second one mm-hmm. you kind of realize it's all interlinked okay um um and just my thought quickly actually because i did tweet this and i was, I was like i want to talk to someone about um gone was it Soon gone, Soon wind gone rush. Because I was a bit unsure. Mm-hmm. The reason why I think I was a bit unsure. So I like, like I said, I like the interlinking of the family members and the mm-hmm. stories and kind of it all kind of weaving together and how, you know, racism in the UK and their experiences in the UK have affected them and whatever, whatever, and in certain different cultures and whatever. Um, I wished it touched on a little more on the raising of blackness mm-hmm. and the subject of colorism, mm-hmm. particularly with the last story, which was by Michaela, which is the young great granddaughter of Eunice Eustace. 
the 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 mother who has who has a relationship with a white man. She's from Jamaica. Okay. She has a relationship with a white man, and. Um, ends up getting pregnant and has a mixed child. Mm-hmm. So you kind of see kind of like how the generation has changed and whatever, that, whatever. She said something to obviously her great granddaughter who happens to be this Michaela girl mm-hmm. who's I think in college and she wants to do a story about her culture because basically she doesn't look black. Oh, I see. But okay. she is black. Okay. Um, so they then, what happened was they kind of like... She's kind of telling the story and then mm-hmm. her great grandma says something like, I'm glad the blackness has gone. Mm. And when she said that, I was like, are we not going to touch on that a little bit more? Oh, wow. The redemption of yeah. Ham, that Brazilian painting. Okay. Yes, That's I was just like, I, I wish you kind of like elaborated on that thing. Yeah. And then what ended up happening is that they celebrated the fact that you know, this great grandmother was great and she started this generation mm. and this is where we're at now. And I wish that they touched on the fact that, you know, I'm not from the Caribbean, mm. but I wish that they touched because it also is a thing in African culture, I think, as yeah. well, where they touched on the colorism mm. and the fact that, you know, a lot of the older generation saw erasing as the erasement of blackness being a good thing. Yeah. Not all of them. Yeah. I don't want to generalize. Like I said, there's a painting called The Redemption of Ham, um, which some people might have seen. It's like a old black woman who has a mixed race child who's then mixed race child as another mixed race child and this child is super light skinned and that's mm-hmm. literally what that reminded me of. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I still kind of like... I still kind of like um, feel like, hmm, you know, something needs to be done there. But anyway, let's go on. Because I've, I've... Have you... You need to talk about it really quickly. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Oh. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. Oh, we didn't have to talk about it then. No. Yeah. Just like you you had thought. to talk about it. But well, yeah. I talked about it. But yeah, that was my, just my thoughts. Okay. Maybe you should watch it. I and then we can will. have, so we can great. have our own yeah. conversation about it. But going on quickly, really quickly, music. Song of the Week. Just go straight into Song Are of the sure? Week. Are you sure? Song yeah, of the Week yeah, yeah. and we'll go into other stuff. Yeah. So Song of the Week. Mine is called Seasons by Imaya. Um, yes. So that's Seasons by Amaya. If you, you do learned, the fade out? Uh, no, I didn't. I just yeah. straight caught it. Um, if you're looking at me like, oh, <laughs> why did you, you do the fade me? out? But go on. <laughs> um, if you want to listen to that track in full and more like it, I've actually done a playlist of UK R&B uh, artists, which will tweet out, yeah? Yep. Which will tweet out on our Twitter when this comes out. And, and yeah, Amaya is her name. Got more vibes like it. Uh, it's like 60 songs, I think, maybe, yeah, like lots, just hours of British modern R&B. So vibes like that. But this song, Seasons Amaya, my song of the week. Cool. I you know, got one? I'll be listening to that moving day and stuff. Um, So I don't have a song of the week, but I just so. thought I'm just going to put my phone on shuffle and hope that a good song plays. So whatever you get, you get in it, really. Um, Yeah. So I'm just going to shuffle button. Oh, it would make sense if I actually... Okay, no, we're going to click the shuffle button again. 
She dey go down like a me. She dey go down like a me. Mommy, daddy, which guy would do what you do with? Oh, why, yeah. Light you up like fire. You charging my rider. I let you admire. She sent an email. Do you even know what the song's called? Yeah, Love Struck. Okay. I actually do like this song and I feel like okay, I've... I, I feel it's like a I, banger. It's actually I feel banger. like I've played this for my song of the week, so it just happened to have done a shuffle, guys. That was um, Western featuring T.W. Savage and Mr. Easy, Love Struck. Yeah. Um, where can they find us? You can find us on Twitter at ArtisticSOM, Instagram at ArtisticSOMPod, Facebook Artistic State of Mind. You can find me on Twitter at Chama underscore K-A-Y. And oh, yeah. on Instagram, I'm back on Instagram now. Woo! At Chama uh, underscore K C H A M A underscore K A Y. Cool. Um, you can find me on um, Twitter, Jules Montana eighty eight. Instagram, you cannot find me there. Um, but you can also find me actually on Instagram. You can find my production company, Purple Night Coles, or you can find us as well yes on instagram which you which you said okay guys it's been fun we're wrapping it up sorry i'm talking really fast now because obviously time in it it's been fun peace y'all see ya